Alright Harry Potter fans, welcome back to Chatty Potter. Today we're going to be talking with Liv about a bunch of unpopular Harry Potter opinions and I'm so excited about it. Um, full disclosure on this one, um, it's one of my favourite ones I've recorded. Liv has some great insight, we have so much fun, um, such a laugh recording this, but Liv was up against it with Wi-Fi. Uh, we obviously had to do this remotely and her connection wasn't great and so the audio quality is spotty to say the least um there might be some volume issues a few like clicks and like stutters here and there i genuinely think if you like harry potter it's worth sticking through because like i said there's so much great content lives insight is brilliant um and i love this episode so if you can if you can deal with the up and down audio issues uh please yeah stay listening for the next 40 minutes because this is wonderful i'll jump into it now but yeah this is unpopular harry potter opinions with Liv. Okay, amazing. Um, Liv, thank you so much for joining me. Um, should we start the episode? Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and talk about what you do on the internet? My name's Liv. I make TikToks. Um, a lot of the time I make them about Harry Potter, but sometimes just kind of random stuff. Uh, yeah, that's. I work in a hospital. That's kind of all there is to say about me, really. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I feel like we'll probably focus more on the Harry Potter stuff than the hospital stuff today. Yeah. But if there are parallels, <laughs> like by all means, bring them up. Um, so why Harry Potter then with your content? Like how come that's, I mean, I know you've said it's not all Harry Potter, but why, why did you fall into that niche first and foremost? Well, I think to be honest, I've been obsessed with Harry Potter since I was about 10. Um, and that kind of, I didn't have very many friends at school and it kind of became my little safe space and I found school a very stressful environment. Um, and so, and I remember there was a time actually when I was in about, I would say about year eight, I was about 12 and I used to come home from school every day and watch at least two Harry Potter films. And it got to the point that I was doing it so much and I just wasn't socializing or anything that my parents actually banned me from watching Harry Potter for a little bit. Um, You're kidding. <laughs> that actually happened. They were like, please get a hobby of some description. <laughs> but. It's this is kind of a lifelong hobby now. This has kind of been my obsession ever since, and I think my parents just gave up in the end and were like, "Fine, okay, this is an obsession, yeah. whatever." You're like an adult now. You can. We're done with taking that responsibility from you. Yeah, yeah, and I think my first tattoo I ever got was the Harry Potter stars on my finger. But so they were. I think once I got got it tattooed on me, I think they were probably like, "Okay, this there's no hope now. There's no going back." <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly an obsession. Have you tried to bring them into it? Um, so the first time I ever read Harry Potter was my mum used to read it to me as a bedtime story. Um, so that was Aww. kind of how... So me and my mum have kind of had that, but my dad is not very interested. But we did go to the Harry Potter studios my 13th birthday. And um, my dad was actually really fascinated by it. So I've kind of tried to encourage them. And I actually made him, in lockdown one, I made him watch all of them with me. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Like my... My folks are just not interested whatsoever. They're just really? Like, they, well, they recognise that it's something that I like. And so, I don't know if you're the same, every single Christmas and birthday present is always Harry Potter. Like, it's just yeah. it's just such a get-out-of-jail-free card for them. And I'm like, I love it. Like, don't get me wrong. But I'm also like, yeah. I do have other interests too. I'm not that one-dimensional. Like, you can buy me other things. Yeah. Oh, that is quite sweet. My mum's actually, she's really kind of got into knitting again. And um, I went to the Harry Potter studios um, recently and I was going to buy the Fred Weasley jumper, but they didn't have it and it was sold out online. And I came oh. home and I was really upset. And she was like, 
I'm sure there's a pattern for that. So bless her. She's now knitting me a Fred Weasley jumper. Um, oh my goodness. It's just, a, she's, she's taken to the role of Molly Weasley, basically, with all the knitting, which is very cute. So she kind of enjoys it through that. Amazing. If, like Molly, she wants to start knitting jumpers for your friends as well, I'm happy to take one, by all means. Honestly, she would. She knitted my best friend Emma a Slytherin hat last year, and I knitted her a Slytherin scarf. So by all means, put your requests in. She'd be more than happy. <laughs> yeah, start her an Etsy store. It will go off. Yeah. I keep I keep saying that to her, and she's like, oh, no, no one wants my stuff. And I'm like, trust me, they will. Honestly, I'll be first in line. Um, <laughs> so you said you've been to the studio tour recently, because I haven't been for like three or four mm. years. Like the last time I went... Because I went right, like, really early, and then I didn't realise all the changes they'd made, and I went, like, three or four years ago, and they had, like, the Hogwarts Express, they had the Forbidden Forest. Mm. If they, like, if they made any additions in the last, like, three or four years that maybe I don't know about? Um, so, yeah, I was the same. I went when it was really, really new. Um, when I went, uh, they had, obviously, the Hogwarts Express, the Forbidden Forest. Um, they have this whole bit inside Gringotts now, which, as well. I don't know oh, if wow. you saw that as well. It's incredible. They've literally rebuilt the, you know, the hallway in Gringotts. Um, along with like all the goblins, you can walk right up to the goblin that asks Harry for his key um, with the chandelier and everything. And there's a kind of like CGI bit that you walk through where the dragon, like it's just like a screen, but it's actually done really well. The, mm. the dragon comes up through the floor. So they've got all of that as well now, which is really good. Um, I think that's probably most of it in terms of like what's new but it was just it was amazing it was it was just as good as it was last time but actually better because there was even more now so it was it was so good so oh, good i'm gonna have to go back so the the main idea for today's podcast is that um we'll go through unpopular opinions that people have submitted about harry potter and we'll agree with them disagree with them tear them to shreds whatever so um the first unpopular opinion we have is harry is arrogant what are you thinking about that? Do you know, I think on the on a surface level, you could say yeah. But at the same time, I think he could be way more arrogant. He mm. defeated Voldemort when he was a baby just by sitting there. He defeated him again when he was 11. And like, he's just, he's done everything. He's the youngest seeker in a hundred years. Like, he's Harry Potter. He could be the like most arrogant person on the planet and i still be like Do you know what yeah fair enough you're the chosen one he could be so much more arrogant like you said and i suppose because reading the books we get his internal dialogue so everything is like reasoned mm -hmm. so it doesn't seem that arrogant at all but on the i suppose on the other hand like i uh, if i were if i were like a background slytherin in his year i'd be like right this famous kid comes along famous for doing nothing personally like it that something just happened to him mm. Then he's the youngest seeker in a year. Then he gets all these points on the last day of school to win the fucking house cup. Like, oh, that would annoy me so much. <laughs> I'd be like, this arrogant little bastard thinks he rules this place. And then he does the Triwizard Tournament and he wins that. And it would just be like one of those people who's good at everything. Do you know what I mean? So you'd probably mm -hmm. think he was arrogant, even if he didn't mean to be. Even in the film, if you think about um, a Goblet of Fire, he says, I don't want to, I don't want to have eternal fame and glory i just want to be and then he's like ah oh, shit i'm harry potter like i can't just be <laughs> normal but i i know what you mean like if i was at school with him i feel like i'd probably hate him cool okay next one still on harry he <laughs> i already hate this harry gave his kids good names no <laughs> absolutely not that is the most unpopular opinion i have ever heard in a in a fanfic where the names were different um, <laughs> 
the epilogue was awful. It was so bad. I hated the oh. epilogue. And just, God, those names were just dreadful. Dreadful. 100%. Like, the epilogue annoyed me on a number of um, fronts. Like, first of all, I feel like every book and every series should at least have a couple of chapters after the big climax to, like, mm. show you how things go afterwards. Like, how has this impacted life now it's over? And it doesn't. Sure, it just yeah. skips 19 years and it's just like, here are some children. And I was just like, oh, yeah. that's frustrating. But then the children had those names. And I was just like, like Lily also, Luna isn't as bad. James Sirius is mm. somewhat passable. But Albus Sever, I feel like I you just want your child to be bullied in the schoolyard by calling them that. Yeah. I think also that I, think I would have referred to it if it was Sirius James. Is that way, like, you know, his middle name is James, his son's middle name is James. I feel like it would have been a bit more cohesive. But yeah, the Albus Severus thing. Just like, can you imagine being at school and be like, oh yeah, you want to be future headmaster, don't you? Oh, Albus <laughs> Two men that are pretty questionable, I feel. Not the two men that I would have given that status to by any manner of means. Rubbish. Rub I why didn't Ginny step in? She's a sensible woman. I know, like as if as if Ginny didn't think, oh, let's maybe put Fred in there or Arthur. Like, yeah. why is it all about Harry? I know. And it's like, I know everyone's like, oh, but, you know, they're saving that so George could call his son Fred or not not having the name Remus so Teddy can call his son Remus. You can have a middle, you, you can share middle names with people in your family. I think it would be really nice if that they had Fred in there. A second name, maybe like Remus Fred or like Sirius Fred or whoever. Just having that in there, it feels really strange that, Ginny's brother wasn't in there at all. I think that was a massive disservice to his character. He's also my favourite character, so I'm kind of quite impassioned about it. But yeah, rubbish names, rubbish names. Uh, rubbish yeah. names, th rubbish opinion. <laughs> Whoever submitted that, yeah. stupid. I'm really sorry I didn't mean that. You're not stupid. Please don't unfollow or leave us alone. Please keep listening to the Report. podcast. <laughs> Gonna get hate mail. Gonna get a howler. Oh my god, can you imagine? You know what? I'd, I'd really love to get just one, just to experience it, you know? I feel like there's a little sort of mischievous part of me that would have loved getting a howler at Hogwarts for something like stealing a car. I would have been like, yeah, just in case anyone hadn't heard, I stole a car and I'm 12. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, make perfect louder. I feel like that's a little bit of like serious lack in me that wants that. Mm. But no, I think howlers are great. Yeah, 100%. That was, like, the the part that planted in Lavender's brain for her to, uh, like, fancy him in yeah. sixth year for Ron. Yeah, absolutely. We all love a bad boy. She'd be like, oh, he stole a car, okay. <laughs> Crashed it into the Whomping Willow and walked out with barely a scratch. Not bad. And didn't even get expelled. Exactly. That's badass. Speaking of romance, then, the next one is Harry and Hermione should have ended up together, which I think is quite a common opinion i love ron and hermione i think they are just adorable but to be honest harry's kind of the glue that keeps them together and they're butting heads all the way through the series and i feel like they just wouldn't work long term i feel like left to their own devices i feel like chaos would ensue so i kind of love hermione and harry together but i don't know but Ginny and book harry work quite well but I think, to be honest, in terms of like compatibility, Harry and Harry and Hermione are probably better together than Hermione and Ron. 
but yeah I, it breaks my heart to say it i think i'm with you on the hermione ron ron thing you know I, I i'm actually like i feel quite strongly that hermione and ron wouldn't last long term because like you said they bicker all the time their values are in different places as well right they're constantly just pulling in opposite directions on so many different things and i just feel like once they leave high school and they don't have these like missions keeping them together or like adult life means mm. they're not hanging out as a trio like they did at school, they would just argue so much. They'd grow to resent each other like and they'd still love each other, I'm sure, but mm. it just wouldn't work. And I sort of yeah. feel the same about Harry and Ginny, not necessarily that they bicker so much, but just like Harry doesn't know who he is outside of being the chosen one and mm. defeating Voldemort. So the fact that he defeats Voldemort and then just goes back to the girlfriend he had when he was 16 and marries her for 20 years, like, maybe he needs some time by himself, you know? Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think, and also, like, Ginny, like, she's, who ends up with the person they have a crush on when they're 10? And, like, they're the same, like, they're, there's just not the, the kind of personality growth there, I guess. Also, I stand by the canon that Ginny is a queer woman. As a queer woman myself, I know one of my own. <laughs> I'm like, I would love to see her end up with like Luna or someone like that. I think that would have been beautiful, but obviously JKR. Well, yeah, that's not going to happen in her book, is it? No, but yeah, I agree with you that like technically, I know it was kind of brewing for a long while, but Ron and Hermione, they kind of came together at the crux of the battle of hogwarts they were in the chamber of secrets it was a rush of emotions once you take away the pressure of all of that and like you say the missions and all of that how much is there on paper to keep them together rather than to push them apart i don't think there's enough there i know i completely agree with you i think that's a very fair analysis of their relationship um and it would crumble i think at the first sign of any trepidation or, or difficulty mm. they'd be that couple that everyone hates to hang out with because they constantly be fighting like if you've seen gavin and stacy i feel like they'd be pete and dawn and you'd be like <laughs> oh god we're gonna have to bring along ron, ron and hermione and they're gonna have it they're gonna have an argy bargy at the party and like it's gonna bring everyone's mood down and then harry's there like guys don't fight you're like it's not your relationship don't get involved i feel like yeah yeah that's yeah. it i feel like yeah I think you've covered everything, to be honest. I, so, we mm. I mean, we totally strayed from it and gave our opinions on Ron and Hermione instead of Harry and Hermione. But I just think any relationship from high school, give them some time apart. If they end up back together, if it ends up being Harry and Hermione, whoever, whatever, um, then so be it. But give them what they went through in high school. Mm. Just let them go out and be adults, meet people from not within their echo chamber who haven't been through the same things, grow as people, mm. have Harry end up with some like Norwegian person who doesn't know he's famous when they meet. Okay, Barty Crouch Jr. was the best Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. No, Remus Lupin was the best Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Yeah, Lupin was very good, but I do think about how much they learned from Barty Crouch. It was a lot, right? Like, I know they learned a lot from Lupin, and I think Lupin does edge it, but isn't it weird that a Death Eater is probably a close second? To be fair, when you think about it, a Death Eater is probably quite a good person to be teaching Defence Against the Dark Arts because he knows exactly, he is why you're learning it, I guess. Um, but I think there's, I just say from, if I was in that classroom, I would have been just terrified to my wits. And I feel like he, is, he would have been one of those teachers that you can't ask a question, whereas like Remus taught them so much stuff um, also through like practical skills as well, which obviously Ambridge didn't. Um, but yeah, it's interesting you say that because I think 
now I think about it, I think Barty Crouch probably like second best, which is crazy when you think about it. Yeah. But yeah, he was actually quite a good teacher. I mean, we don't really get a lot of Quirrell teaching, so maybe he was good, but mm. they were in first years, so they probably couldn't have learned that much from him. But yeah, I genuinely think Death Eater is close second best Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, mm. which is... <laughs> really you know says a lot about yeah says a lot about the hiring process at hogwarts that Mm. i feel like mad eye himself would have probably been a good defense against the dark arts teacher yeah maybe that's why barty crouch was so good because he was trying so hard to fill the role he was like getting into the headspace what would like what would moody have taught i will teach that now (laughs) it's like i need to enrich these children i'm not gonna waste a year (laughs) constant vigilance i love that yeah I love it. Homework. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, can you? He's not even apologies potion because he's in his own quarters and he's just going through red with a red pen. Good effort, Neville. For goodness' sake, no Grindylows. Not this way. I love it. Amazing. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay, this one I feel like will not be particularly divisive. Um, Dumbledore was manipulative. I mean, there's a part of me that loves Dumbledore and will always love Dumbledore, but I feel like also I had him on such a pedestal as a child that there's part of me as an adult, I'm like, I feel like I was slightly manipulated by Dumbledore um, to kind of see him as this kind of, you know, omnipotent being that was, you know, more powerful than Voldemort and always had the answers and stuff. And I'm like, no, actually, he was, he was, but he was also manipulative. Yeah, for sure. That he, I've used this comparison a few times in other podcast episodes. So anyone who's listened to them all is probably going to get very bored as I go through this again. But Dumbledore reminds me of how you look at your parents. Like when you're much younger, you you're like, oh, they can't do any wrong. They're like godlike figures. They set out, you know, your mm. moral compass, and you're just like, wow, how wonderful and amazing. And then as you grow older, you're like, oh shit, they're people fumbling their way through clumsily who make mistakes do things very wrong probably do ultimately have our best interests at heart for the most part but cause problems along the way because they're fault like they have faults and flaws and stuff like that's how i see dumbledore um and particularly because i read Mm. it very young and have reread it in my adulthood i'm like i I followed the same train thinking about him as well um but that's that's ultimately how i see him i don't know if that's the same for you Mm, yeah i think that's i think that's probably a very good comparison to draw and i think in some ways we kind of do kind of view him as that parent and you know he the Dursleys weren't a parent to him and I think actually I wonder if Harry's choices might have been slightly different further on in the series had Sirius been uh, cleared of his name and been able to raise Harry and Mm. I wonder if he would have put himself I think possibly the reason that JKR chose not to let Sirius have that role in Harry's life is because I think I feel like Harry would have questioned it more I think Harry very much took Dumbledore's word as you know law and just felt like he had his best interests and was doing the best but at the same time it's like you're a kid and he was the adult so yeah I think definitely he was a manipulative person but I think ultimately he was a good person but quite misguided and i think it was unfortunate that harry was a child and yeah he was very much the adult that was giving the orders no i completely agree also it's an interesting point you make about Sirius because i feel like 
Not only would Sirius's influence have caused Harry to question things, but I think Sirius would have stepped in and drawn the line earlier as well. Mm. Like, what the hell are you doing? There's no way Snape is teaching him occlumency. Like, he's clearly torturing him. Let's figure out another way. Like, as an instance of when I think Sirius would have stepped absolutely. in. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a lot of the series would have been different, actually, if Sirius had stepped into a kind of father figure role for Harry. I think it would have really changed the course and yeah like you say he would have literally been like what the hell are you doing get away from my godson literally a hundred percent okay putting him in peril <laughs> but um but we're agreed that dumbledore is uh even although not entirely um for all the wrong reason like mostly for the right reasons but he was manipulative um and made some bad yeah. decisions along the way okay another bad decision was um someone submitting this next opinion um, although you may disagree with me. Uh, the next one is Daniel Radcliffe is a bad actor. No, I think he's a brilliant actor. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. I was going to say, I was like, you and I are about to fall out. And I think <laughs> when, you, when you look at it, he was, they were children. Mm. I think, I mean, it is funny when you watch sort of like the first two and they're kind of figuring it all out and, you know, they're, you're very much watching children. Um, but no, I think he's a brilliant actor. I think he's a brilliant Harry as well. Yeah. I think very much he's kind of, even when he's not really acting, when he's kind of off to the side, when you see his just the way he takes up space and the way that he reacts to things, I think very much was how when I read the books was how I imagined Harry's kind of facial expressions being kind of how I imagined him being like kind of like when that I love that scene in the Great Hall when they're about to have the sorting and how, and everyone's like looking really grave because they found out the Philosopher's Stone. And stuff and they're, they're all standing there like really grave and all, like, looking frightened harry's are like the third floor is off bounds and the forbidden forest will kill us like he's like what the hell what the hell is this <laughs> i completely agree but like no fear there just kind of like a the fuck yeah literally. <laughs> and I think that was so harry i think that was genuine genuinely dan's reaction probably and how dan interpreted that and i think that's perfect so no, i think he's a brilliant actor yeah i completely agree i actually think he is let down by the writing in some of the films. Like, reading the books, mm. one of the big things about Harry that I feel like they massively missed in the in the movies is his sass and his sarcasm and his dry wit. Yeah, And I feel like Dan has yes. that. And in the few moments they do mm. have of it, he nails it. But they just don't have oh, enough absolutely. of it. I just, I really wish that they'd included that bit when he gets caught in the Order of the Phoenix watching the news. And Mr. Desley's like, you're watching the news again. He's like, that changes every day, you see. <laughs> I love that. I think those kind of snappy one-liners are like, it wouldn't take much more time in the film. And I think they're so brilliant. Or you, there's only to call me Sir Professor. I think yes. just like a little bit to that, let us see Harry's personality beyond the saviour and the hero and I'm fighting evil. It kind of, you see the teenager, the kind of, the fun of that, and I really miss that in the films, which wasn't the question, but... <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I, I completely agree. I feel like we get gl very few glimpses of it in the Half-Blood Prince, but besides mm. that, they're just like, nah, you're not having him as a human being, just him as the chosen one, like, through all of it, you know? Yeah, which is possibly why he comes back, comes off as arrogant, linked back yeah, to very possibly. Kind of a lot of serious all the time, whereas kind of we're used to seeing that sort of silly side to him and that sort of very witty side. Yeah, definitely. But overall... Good actor, I think. Especially, like, the risk Good you actor. take casting an 11-year-old. Like, he might grow up to be a dreadful actor. You have no idea. You just got to hope for the best. And I think they did bloody well. I think so, absolutely. I think all three of them, actually. Mm -hmm. And, like, when you look at... When you watch the interviews, especially when they're little, 
I think it's gorgeous because they just are their characters and I think that's so fun to watch and they seem to have such love doing it as well I think they were all brilliant brilliantly cast I think the whole thing was brilliantly casted actually yep no right there with you like the adult actors as well so well put together like mm. I love it okay Percy is not that bad I'm not a big lover of Percy I'm quite I have like quite black and white thinking about people and I'm kind of one of those people that's like fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me and I kind of feel a little bit like that about Percy and I think there's some there's probably a little bit of resentment there about Fred's death because obviously he was talking to Percy and he's he's like Percy you're actually laughing and then he gets killed I'm like if he was just focusing and Percy was like actually doing what he's supposed to do but I just the whole way he behaves in in a lot of it actually I'm just like he comes across across as quite odious actually and I'm just I don't think he's an awful person by any means but he's definitely not someone I would want to spend time with I don't think and I think he deserves the criticism that he gets yeah I think I think Percy would do well in Slytherin given how like his pride and his ambition pulls him away from his family yes yes absolutely like those traits deserve to be criticized what I will say to to defend the man slightly, and I'm very sorry about Fred's death, and it's nothing about that. Um, but I feel like he is very young, uh, very fresh from school when he is very much manipulated by Fudge and the people in Fudge's inner circle to shape his view of things, to turn him away from his family, to make him the inside man in the Weasleys to begin with. And it reminds me a lot of like the fake news side of like what we have in society right now right it's like the propaganda from the government being perpetuated like oh voldemort's not back anyone who says he is is against the ministry and against the minister and i think percy is just sort of wrong place wrong time around the wrong people and gets sucked in and then his pride and his ambition kicks in and he sort of feels like he can't double back on himself mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong there are some terrible things like the fact he sent back his sweater to mrs weasley that christmas and so many other things are dreadful and deservedly he gets hate for them. Mm. But I do think to a degree, it's not exclusively his fault that that happens. Yeah. And I think he would have just done better in Slytherin and he might've come away from that, but equally he could have got in with the wrong crowd. So it's kind of, it's a hard one to judge, but yeah. Yeah. I think, I think mostly he deserves the hate, but you can cut him a little bit of slack somewhere along the line. We're happy to settle there. Yeah, I was very glad that he came good in the end. Yes, that was there were some nice moments, like obviously before Fred mm. died, um, <laughs> but some nice oh, moments with his family when he came back and apologised and fought alongside them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it transitions nicely on to the final one I want to touch on. Molly Weasley was a bad mother. I hear this all the time and I will fight to the death over the fact that Molly Weasley is a great great person and a great mother I think she's done questionable things but I think I kind of like that because it makes her very human mm. and I think when you when you think about the fact that they're in ex extreme poverty she's got seven children and they're in the middle of really trying times kind of I guess you could draw the parallels of COVID. Like, I think we've all been tested and we've all, you know, done the wrong thing at the wrong time. But I think there's that thing that I love about the Weasleys that you can, you just know that you'd be welcomed into their family with open arms mm -hmm. and a full plate, regardless of the fact that they barely have enough to go around. And I think that 
Molly does a really, really good job of making everyone feel welcome. And I really don't like how she treated Hermione in Goblet of Fire. With, but again, like, she perceived, she misperceived the situation and reacted badly. Um, but I think on the whole, I'd say she's a, re she's a really good mother and she's doing her best. And I really like Molly Weasley. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a few angles. Um, there's a few things I want to touch on there. First of all, the Goblet of Fire thing. Like, I think you're right. She does, she treats Hermione badly and, and actually throughout... Mm. And, and thereafter, you see her treating Fleur very badly as well. And Hermione does the same, right? Yeah. Which I think is more yeah, a JKR thing than a necessarily a yeah. character thing for Molly Weasley. Um, but equally, she is she is typically the the right audience to be hoodwinked by propaganda in the newspaper. Like she she fell for all of Lockhart's nonsense in the chamber of secrets we saw that and if the if the prophet is saying these things about what hermione's doing to harry of course she's gonna think oh harry this child who has the dursleys is the only people who are supposed to look out for him i have to look after him and therefore hermione is the villain like why would she not believe it she's like it's it's unfortunate she wouldn't give hermione the benefit of the doubt or ask her but it I mean, she kind of is the right. She's the kind of demographic who would be tricked by that. I think. Absolutely, I agree with. I agree with you completely. It's kind of you, we see it from the perspective of Harry and Ron and Hermione, and kind of think of how unfair that is. But like, like you say, she's what she's not at Hogwarts. She's seeing everything through the lens of Rita Peter, and so it would easily it would be easy to kind of get deceived by it. And I think also there's that that I can't remember if it happens in the book or just in the film. But there's that photo of. Harry and Hermione hugging, and so you know it's quite it's quite believable that Harry yeah. and Hermione would be together. Um, and then obviously she kind of has this relationship with with Victor, and so I think it would be very easy to kind of assume that Harry and Hermione are going to end up together, and then it seems like Harry gets snubbed. And so I I can see how she would get. But I think it's a, it's a shame that she decided to beha behave the way that she did. And yeah. the same with the Fleur thing. I think. It seemed very out of character for her. And I, even as a child, I remember reading it being like, what? Why are Ginny and Molly being really horrid? They're always really lovely to everyone and really welcoming. So kind of, but like you said, I think it's more of a JKR thing. Yes, definitely. Um, also, just on this Molly Weasley being a mad, bad mother thing, I feel like there is so much misogyny rooted in the fact that Arthur gets no shit for being a bad father, despite being the exact same parent to the exact same children. It's all on Molly being a bad mother. Absolutely. And I think also, the I mean, I, I work in maternity, so there's kind of, I know we said we weren't going to bring it back to this, but I think there's a lot of fear and a lot of kind of competition um, where kind of we see these like blogger mums and we see people that we perceive as being really good parents or like good mums. But what does a good mother look like? What does a good father look like? She's doing her best, and I think that's all we can do. And I think, actually, she's doing her best with this situation, and I think she does very well at it most of the time. And I think that's I think that's all you can ask to be a good mother. I think as long as you're trying and as long as you're loving and doing your best, then you're a good mother. And I think it's not fair to, like you say, just say she's a bad mother, but there's nothing about Arthur. Um, yeah, literally. Who was, who was pleased when his kid, when his 12-year-old, son you know stole a car and you know his, the the twins stole a car and effectively kidnapped another child he was just like yeah brilliant well actually he probably should have been implementing a bit of discipline there so i think yeah it's probably rooted in a lot of misogyny like you say mm. 
but yeah, I think most part, Molly is a fantastic mother, does the best she can in the best situations. Um, and we will stand Molly Weasley to the end of time. Um, okay, so as I mentioned, everyone that I have on the podcast, I ask a few questions to. Um, the first one is, if you had to eradicate an entire house from Hogwarts, which house are you getting rid of? Oh, I'm going to get hate for this. That Hufflepuff. <laughs> I feel like they jkr just got really lazy when she made hufflepuff i feel like she was like we have the brave ones we've got the clever ones we've got the kind of sneaky cunning ones three's not a good number four uh the nice ones and like there are loads of great people in hufflepuff but i feel like you could redistribute them without like it's like it's just like what what even are hufflepuff's values what do they even stand for other than being sort of like nice and yellow just a little bit I like that nice and yellow <laughs> that's so funny you know what actually I have asked this question to probably over a dozen people and you are the first person to say Hufflepuff really yeah we've had a lot of Gryffindor like a lot of Gryffindor what? and Ravenclaw but a couple of Slytherin not many but no Hufflepuffs until today interesting I got very offended as a Gryffindor I like the main I like the main event <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's why, right? Because I would I would probably pick Gryffindor, and my reason is um, not so we can have an argument for good content, but mostly uh, because I feel like because they are all the main characters, we see so many more sides to all the Gryffindors, and so you could sort them elsewhere, right? You could put Hermione and Ravenclaw, Harry and Slytherin, and Ron and Hufflepuff because mm. you know enough about them. You can't really do that with Ernie McMillan. Like you tell me where you're sorting Ernie McMillan if he's not in his house. I swear. <laughs> like, we know nothing about him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like that's um, why Gryffindor gets picked a lot, because it's just the main character house. But I totally... I thought we were going to get more Hufflepuffs, because I feel like they are the miscellaneous house, right? They're just like yeah. the... And the other one. So mm. I think I think that's fair for an answer. I don't think you're going to get much hate from it. Really? What's your I TikTok just... username so people know where to direct it so I don't get it? <laughs> I don't exist. I just feel like <laughs> I feel like it's not a fault of Hufflepuff. My sister's a Hufflepuff. Everyone I know that Hufflepuff is lovely. I just think JKR, JKR got really lazy when she made Hufflepuff. I think everyone's nice to a degree and everyone's loyal to a degree and everyone's, you know, good at finding things. And it's just like, just I feel like she got really bored and was like really detailed about the other ones and then just kind of was like, oh, Helga <laughs> and just kind of lost it a bit so I feel like she did them a disservice don't attack me <laughs> yes so it's not you don't deserve the hate it's her that deserves it exactly it's that's what it always comes back to JKR deserves the hate nice okay yes we can perpetuate that absolutely I'm on board <laughs> um, okay next question you develop magical powers but unfortunately you can only do one spell for your entire life what spell are you picking? Such a good question. There's the practical part of me wants to pick Akio because I can never, I can never find things, especially when I'm like about to leave the house. I'm like, shit, my mask, my phone. Uh, I can't find it. But I think I've got to go with my gut and I'm going to say Expecto Patronum. And I know that sounds, I know the Patronus charm in the Muggle realm has virtually no weight or value, but I think. For me, especially with like mental health and stuff, I've kind of had that in my head of like imagining I'm summoning Patronus Charm to kind of help me get through something. And I just feel like even if I wasn't 
even if I wasn't doing it to get rid of a Dementor, I think if I was able to produce a Corporal Patronus, just to kind of have a little friend with me, I feel like I'd love to be able to do that. So I'm going to go with the Patronus charm. I love that. That's a really, really nice answer. And I, you know what? I'm glad you didn't pick Accio because everyone picks Accio. Um, really? And let me tell you something. There are two kinds of people who pick that spell, right? One of them are lazy and just don't, they can't be asked to get themselves a cup of tea, so they'll summon it. And the other are disorganized and lose things. And you fell into the second category. You're just like, well, I can't find things, so I'll summon them. Oh, I forget everything. I, I lose everything. I forget everything. It would have saved my life in school. The number of detentions I got because I forgot my book or I forgot a pen. It would have saved my life. But no, I feel like it's not interesting enough. I'm like, no, I'll just spend the time to look for it for a fun one. You got detention <laughs> for losing it or forgetting a pen? Yeah, my maths teacher was, she was a bit of a battle axe and I used to get detention every maths lesson because every maths lesson I'd forget something. Um, oh, so. no. But to be honest, it was just a lunchtime detention. I didn't really care very much. So I I think it, it wouldn't have had that much weight against a Patronus. I'd love to be able to produce a Patronus. That's fair. I think that's a lovely answer. Um, okay. Imagine you're on a date and it's going really well okay. until the person gives you an opinion on Harry Potter and it's enough for you to climb out the bathroom window and leave without saying goodbye. What is that much of a red flag that would cause you to leave an otherwise decent date? They were like, Snape was really romantic and a wonderful human being. Like if they were like, if I, I could just, I'm just imagining being on this date, I, I've, I've kind of really got in the headspace now, being on, on this date and being across the table and being like, always, I would run. <laughs> run in the other direction i would honestly like, there's nothing creepier about snape i think it's like stalking a woman a married woman for years and then been crying with her dead body while her kid is just sat crying oh like, my god that part of the movie makes me feel so ill it's like stepping wild. over her dead husband on the steps the yeah. wailing baby behind him and he's just crailing her corpse and we're supposed to feel sorry for him like what what yeah, a romantic like, gesture yeah so i feel like that would absolutely be my my opinion or if they were like house elves are rubbish and i wouldn't be a member of spew i'd be like no get out yeah no right there with you two fantastic answers i think the the snape one, oh my god can you like literally imagine feeling like you're connecting with someone and they look in your eyes and they just go always and you've <laughs> talked about harry potter so they know you like it's it and, and they're just hot. like oh i like yeah I, I honestly think it would take all of my willpower to not vomit on them across the table no say so, oh can you no can you imagine they're like i'm, I'm like oh i've got a harry potter tattoo on me and they're like oh nice i've got i've got a harry potter tattoo as well and they like put out like a chest piece and it's like always with the like uh deathly oh. hallows <laughs> i feel like there's someone out there with that and we're, they're gonna like comment on this and be like i've got an always tattoo <laughs> I'd be like, i'm really sorry but that would that would <laughs> I, I'd be like, no, I'm sorry. There's no second date now. I just, I could not stare at that always and think you make no. good decisions. <laughs> no, there is no chance. Uh, another great answer. I feel like we've been pretty aligned on a lot of these, which mm. which is which is good. But also I was hoping for a little bit of friction in places. So yeah. we're just going to have to do another right. episode sometime, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So have me again. Absolutely love to i kind of thought we'd argue well because we've never really spoken before this i figured mm. okay we'll play it safe i'll put in some some quite safe ones but next time i'll <laughs> i'll bring out my opinion on why always is the most romantic line in fiction uh, <laughs> i'll be like who would you rather 
who would you rather kill off harry or like i don't know someone else interesting who if you could re resurrect one person from harry potter who would oh that's interesting Brett, that's a really if, good question if you could resurrect one person who would it be and why is it fred <laughs> I was, I was literally like because it would be fred like fred is my saddest death but again we're not arguing so i feel like i have to pick someone else mm. i would bring back um which one of crab and goyle falls into the fiend fire oh uh ah whichever one it is i'm bringing him back i just feel like he was really underrated as a character and uh deserved a redemption arc so Anyone who says anyone like Fred, oh gosh, can you imagine? You're like, I've actually got an I Heart Goyle tattoo. <laughs> it's just Goyle's face and then the word always <laughs> underneath because I love him forever. Oh no, that would be an instant marriage proposal. That is so niche. <laughs> so specific. I feel like I feel like you'd have to have a second date just to re-examine that, wouldn't you? That would be brilliant. Especially if they pull that out at the end of the date, you're like, well, as much as I'm not attracted to you anymore, I feel like we need a second date to just unpack it. Like, how have how has that come about? Why Goyle and the word always? <laughs> yeah, like Goyle is my always. <laughs> um, amazing. Yeah, Listen, um, this has been so much fun. Uh, please come back for another episode. It would Absolutely. be Absolutely. I had such a laugh. Is there anything you want to plug before we wrap it up? Um, I guess my TikTok would be nice. If you, like, if anyone wants to come and say hi on my TikTok, it's live underscore Anna X. Um, not Annex, which everyone thinks my surname is, but that'll do as well. Um, but no, I think I think that's the only thing I'm plugging. I always yeah, feel really awkward when I promote myself. And I'm like, oh, that's so cringy. It's, I mean, you're literally giving me a free hour of your time. So the least we can do is go to live underscore Anna X on TikTok and watch wonderful Harry Potter content and really cool, well-articulated book hauls. Thank you. You mean she's like let herself loose in Waterstones and no one has been there to stop her? <laughs> Basically, but I feel like that's the vibe of half of BookTok. Yeah, it is to be honest, isn't it? So we're all like, ah, my bank account's crying. Uh, anyway, <laughs> here, they are. here they are. Whoops, here's four more to add to my TBR, even though it's like three dozen deep. Literally, literally. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I've had such a laugh. I love talking about Harry Potter, so please, please, please have me back. I'd love to come back. <laughs>